Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 539 of the Duke Basketball Roundup. We are here to talk some football. It was a really, really... Really tough, but also there's definitely some positives from our game against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Before we get to all that, I want to bring in my buddy Donald. I'm Jason Evans. Oh yeah, hello. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I'm Jason. He's Donald. Donald, how's your weekend going? Other than the Blue Devils losing that game, you know we're going to talk about it. There's obviously it's a it's, it was more of a bittersweet uh, into the night and, and just you know being able to kind of talk about it with you and, and everyone else who's already emailed us. We've gotten some emails from people. Oh, yeah. Uh, we really appreciate that. DBRpodcast at gmail.com. If you just want to let loose on, on the game, um, you know, go ahead and, and email us. But yeah, it, it was it was a magical day and the night didn't end the way we wanted, but there's still, as you mentioned, a, a lot to take away from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and let's start with, you said magical day. Let's start with the magical day. College game day was in Durham and, and it was, uh, man, Hat tip to all the Blue Devil fans who turned out. They they really they really showed out, and the and the ESPN people were raving about what it was like to be at Duke, how great the atmosphere around campus was. Uh, Donald, give me your impressions from several hours in the morning of the uh, college ba- uh, college sorry college football world being centered at Duke University. It was awesome. Like it was simply amazing. Like the entire, like again, like you said, shout out to everybody who was able 
to make it out. I was up at like seven in the morning. So they were doing sports center hit to like seven 30 in the morning, eight 30 and morning, right before yeah. leading into game day. And like they had, I mean, I think I saw Duke football put out a, a tweet at like 6 AM and there was still, there was like a thousand people already there. Like that's tremendous. And it, the whole, just the whole like spectacle of college game day is always fun to watch, but when it's on your campus, it means something a little bit different. And for us being able to experience that for the first time, it really, it really showed well on TV. Um, Jason, I, I will talk about yeah. some of the, the, the posters and stuff, the posters, Hey, the posters were, were a quality. Like wait, 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 hold, came hold on. With I, I yeah. want to do this right now. I want to hear what was your favorite was your favorite. I got, I got one. I know was my favorite poster. What was your favorite poster? Oh, my favorite. Um, I'll mention a couple. And I think there was one, that said, uh, Rudy got waitlisted by Duke. That was that was a good one. Um, well, wait, mine was related one. to that. My favorite, I think, was there was one that that had uh, Bull Durham. It had a you know less than or greater than sign. Bull Durham greater than Rudy. I was like, that's uh -huh. good stuff. <laughs> As a movie guy, I had high appreciation for that sign. Yeah, there was uh, there was another one um, with um, uh, King Jung from his his role from the hangover and it was like yeah. you know ddmf but in basically you could read it in the in the voice that kim <laughs> jung has from from yeah. uh the hangover i if you know what ddmf means i don't need to say it on this podcast but if you don't know what it means i don't know google it it's 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 very easy um but that one was pretty cool there's a lot about elko uh being like you know the, the oh there was one where um it said Marcus Marcus Freeman's Ten Commandments, and it was the ten players on the field at the end of the game against Ohio oh, State. That's good. That one was that one was probably my favorite, the Ten Commandments one. Um, and then they were like, "How uh, ranked number eleventh, but can't count beyond ten or something like that." Like, right. <laughs> there was a lot of I saw that play one. On I like that one yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those strong, were a couple of my favorites. strong sign game from the from the Duke fans, and man, that it was packed. <laughs> there were a mm -hmm. lot of people at a lot of signs. It was really, really impressive. And I loved, so there was lots of debate over whether whether Ken Jong was the right, you know, guest picker, Duke, you know, Duke person to be out there representing. I thought he did a great look on the last podcast. We talked about who who the possibilities were. And you asked me who was my pick. And I was like, my first Ken Jong, I was like automatic. I thought he was great. Tremendous yeah. energy, tremendous energy. He brought the humor and intelligence. Um, I, I thought he was outstanding. I'm I'm upset obviously that his pick didn't work out. And I thought Lee Corso looked ridiculous in that <laughs> in that little leprechaun outfit. I will say, I will say there was a moment. I'm glad he's okay and but he's you know he's getting up there. There's yeah. a point where he just disappeared to put on the leprechaun outfit, and a bunch of us were kind of texting each other. I think a lot of people on social media are like, yo, uh, where's Lee Corso? Why he just up and leave? Did something happen? And of course he was getting into the outfit, and that was my right first guest but there was a moment where everyone was like yo is everything okay because he doesn't just get up and leave during the picks for any reason it's usually just he takes that you know someone hands him the the headgear and he puts it on uh so there was that moment uh i will also say a funny low light it was it was we can call it a low light but it was a funny one was the field goal kicker um oh boy attempting to kick for thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> then he missed it he only kicked it four yards and then pat mcafee's like Yo, there's no way I can lose this bet. So I'll give him a million if he if I'll give him another shot. And if he makes it, I'll give him a million dollars instead of 37.5. And he kicked the Duke uh Duke football like Twitter or Twitter guys, like the social media guys, like camera 
like the ball went straight into the crowd into the camera great shot uh yeah. that hey content hashtag um but yeah it was that was still like a funny thing a little light but like it was still a funny one but man everyone showed out it was great you know i think the best part jason the best part it's kind of breaking news was when they had mike elko on right before they had the segment of like a bunch of different questions that they do and the greatest one was they said you were know, talking about michigan state firing mel tucker and Mike Elko has been at the top of everyone's wish list when it comes to oh, yeah. that particular job. And they said, Hey, who would you like to see take over Michigan state? And Pat McAfee just pointed, you know, at, at Mike Elko, who was about to come on stage and Mike Elko put, immediately put thumbs down was like, absolutely not. So if that's, if that's the yeah, statement I mean, we need, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. If that yeah. also means like, Hey, we're going to be, you know, I, I, we could talk about that, you know, whole thing later. Um, but I think that was one where, you know, again, the fact that Mike Elko is at the top of a lot of these lists means that he's doing a good job here. And uh, be, we'll be quick to to uh, note that, hey, you kind of at the same time while you want your coach to stay, if he's doing a good job, you also kind of like when they're being, you know, their name is being kicked around because it means that you found something, uh, a diamond on the rough that everyone else wants. Now you have to hang on to it. I think we're going to hang on to him at least with regards to Michigan State. I, I mean, I don't know what else Elko could have done other than the thumbs down. I mean, right, like yeah. He even, like, oh, I'm thinking about it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if he even does that, you know, that's not a good, that's not a right. good look. Um, so, but that said, everything I'm hearing is that Elko is very happy at Duke. Duke is treating him properly. And that's, you know, we're talking about compensation and that Michigan State, which is a, Oh, just a train wreck of a situation. He has yeah. no interest in that. Hey, I do want to mention one thing. We talked very briefly about uh, Ken Jeong, who of course picked Duke, and Lee Corso, who who dressed up like a silly looking leprechaun and picked the Fighting Irish. But I think it is worth noting when you're talking about the Duke program that most of the other ESPN guys picked the Blue Devils, and all of them did. All of them did yeah. except for Lee. Yeah, yeah. I feel awful for people who the line was five and a half. Man, that was a brutal way to lose a five and a half point line because it looked for, you know, first of all, it looks like Duke may win. You know, you get a fourth and six, like Duke's probably going to win outright. So my five, I don't even need my five and a half. And then you're like, oh, you know, they made the first down. You're like, well, they're going to kick a, Notre Dame's going to kick the field goal now. And so you're like, oh, you know, I'm still going to win. And then they rush it in the end zone and you're like, oh, they're up five, but they have to go for two. So you're like, there are a million ways. If you had Duke, Plus the five and a half up until Notre Dame converted that two point conversion. You're like, you're feeling pretty good. And then ugh, what a, what a mess. What a mess. Jason, Jason, you know, I know you watched the uh, bad beat segment that Scott Van Pelt has on sports every week. It's a great, great segment. And the like little video that they do when they bring on that segment, it starts with, you know what it starts with? It starts with the belt bowl in 2012 when we played Cincinnati and we were down we had like the line and basically we had to, we gave it the two touchdowns in the last like 40 seconds of the game. And it's like the original bad beat that Scott Van Pelt was like, man, that was super bad. I, I would, I was always say thinking, yo, maybe there's some way for us to be eliminated from the segment because, uh, or from the video at least because, Hey, there's been a lot of bad beats since then we might have a new one that they might just replace it with because that one was that that was pretty bad it was pretty bad all right enough of the preamble let's get to the actual game uh this contest that notre dame ends up pulling out 21 to 14 uh, this was absolutely a game where my takeaway 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put rose colored glasses on here. Duke showed they belong among the nation's best. I don't know Wait, how before you go, before you go. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. If we end the podcast right there, I want everybody to know that that, that is absolutely how I feel about this. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back on the next episode. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Duke, Duke belongs among the best teams in the land. Uh, it, it, look, I'll show you the respect. The new AP poll came out. Duke dropped from 17 to 19. That tells you all you need to know. Every The whole country watched this game, and the takeaway the whole country had was that, yeah, absolutely, Duke is absolutely one of the top 20 teams in the land and capable, not saying we'd be favored or anything crazy like that, but capable of beating any team in the country. Because if you're going to play, if you go toe-to-toe with Notre Dame, you're capable of beating anyone in the land. And I, I I have to tip, look, tip my cap. I don't even know what you say about Mike Elko, the job that he has done. And, and to me, perhaps the most impressive thing was this was the second time this season where Duke went into halftime and you were like, yeah, it's not looking that great. Like the team has not played well in the first half and they go, it's night and day, the team that comes out in the second half. Mike Elko is able not just to inspire his players, challenge them and really get them to buy into what he is telling them they need to do as halftime adjustments because the Duke of the first half and the Duke of the second half, two completely different teams. And that's a credit to the players and to the coaching staff. And again, you know, we can get into the details of the game and we will, but my first and biggest thing, Duke belongs. And I'm not sure I've ever been able to definitively say that the way I'm saying it right now. Jason, I think the, again, with the rose-colored glasses on or the Duke-covered glasses on, whatever, the thing that you take away from this game is that, once again, we didn't have a great game. There was a lot of individual performances that weren't great. We didn't have, like, the offense struggled for most of the game. The defense, I thought, played very well and, and you know, was trying to keep it together and trying to keep us in the game. And if you think about Jason, we did all that. We missed two field goals, which Polino like never misses field goals. Like that man has ever missed field goals. And, and he, and and at the end of the day, we still were in range to win this game the entire way through. Like that's, that's a testament to how well these guys prepared. And again, they talked about seizing the moment of this big game, having game day and everything. And I think, you know, you know, they didn't play as well as they wanted to, but the moment was definitely seized. Like you said, people left that game saying, hey, this Duke team can play. And if they are a couple, again, a couple of bounces of the football, a couple of field goals, you know, a, you know, a fourth and 16 where a guy never runs and he goes for 17 yards. There's a lot of things that, you know, these details that are one thing away from this being us, you know, maybe having a podcast last night spraying champagne into the air because we're five <laughs> yeah, and a half. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's so tantalizingly close. You mentioned all that. Uh, look, uh, uh, to say nothing, the, the fourth and 16 where he makes 17 yards, uh, Todd Polino missing the two field goals. By the way, last year, Todd Polino was six of six on field goals of less than 40 yards. This year, he's just two of five. Two of them missed yesterday, including mm-hmm. including one like 20. It was like 25 yards. It's like unbelievable that he missed that that kick. Um, but it's not just not just those plays that on the final drive, there was that I don't want to call it a dropped interception, but it was it, it was it was a possible yes. interception. You know, yep. he he dove and it was in his hands and popped out would have been a great interception, but not not one that you think is super unlikely. Um, we almost had a safety 
in the end zone mm-hmm. on, on a blitz where Sam Hartman was dead to rights. Like the guy came in unblocked and uh, Hartman just barely got, got rid of the, you know, sidestepped and got rid of the ball. Um, so there were just so many ways. And then the other one is that, that the pooch kick. Now, look, I, I do not disagree with Mike Elko wanting to pin Notre Dame deep. Uh, Elko talked about the fact that Notre Dame's kicker has a huge leg and giving Notre Dame the ball on the 30, which is where, where the pooch kick came from, you know, is kind of scary that they don't need to go that far at that point, you know, like two first downs and Notre Dame would be within legitimate kicking range with the, with their kicker and his leg. That said, I kind of, God, in retrospect, I kind of wish we had gone for it and like been like, this is it, this play, we are winning this game on this play, but oh well. So Jason, that that particular play, and, and this is not, ladies and gentlemen, this is not to single out that play as the make or break for why we lost, right? This is just one of a million. The, the fourth and 16. The fourth and 16. Can... And, and by the way, Mike Elko went to sleep last night. I'll let you continue. Mike Elko mm-hmm. went to sleep last night saying in his head, why did I only rush three? Why? Because he had been pressuring yeah. Hartman relentlessly. He's he's like, why did I only rush? Because if we and even rush four guys, yeah. if we even rush four guys, I'm convinced that there's no way uh, Hartman is able to run for it. Maybe he maybe he finds an open receiver in that case. Although I kind of doubt it because got a lot of guys in coverage there. But only rushing three guys just too much field. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So on that on that fourth and six, right? Fourth and six at the thirty three yard line. You kick the field goal. It's a it's a what? It will be kicking from the forty. So it's a fifty yard field goal for Todd Plano, who had missed two already. I think that was where yeah. the guessing game or like the hesitation came in because normally you'd say, Hey, give it, give it to Polino and see what, you know, if he gets it, that's cool. If not, you know, Hey, we tried. Going on forward on fourth and six is not in the plate. It was not in the script, right? That's not something that anyone would say, Oh, fourth and six, you absolutely should go for it. Punting it. If they get a touchback, it gets out to the 25 anyway. So in essence, we're talking about a fourth and six, versus a punt which was which if you touch back i could do a full punt if you touch back is going to be seven yards so that was a really sticky like situation for them to figure out especially with such late in the game and i, I don't mind the push punt i think the re- the retrospect is we know what happened after that right. so you know, if we you get say, like, if we get the safety we're all saying the pooch punt's a brilliant play <laughs> yeah exactly and, and so yeah. i it's it's a difficult situation. I, I do not I do not envy the, the coaching staff for having to make that decision versus those three kind of options that they had to go for. And again, you know, I'm sure Plano was probably sitting there like, hey, I know I've missed two, but give me another shot. That is on the cart. That's on the table. And, and there's a lot of scenarios here. I think the, the bittersweet part of this, right, and if I can move forward a little bit in this game uh, towards the very end, the, the touchdown – was a backbreaker. The two point conversion was a backbreaker. And then Riley Leonard going down when we're trying to des you know, desperately try to get to a point where we can maybe make a heave for it and being and getting hurt on that play. Like it's the way that that game transpired, we did not deserve that ending. We could, we like hats yeah. off to Notre Dame. Notre Dame deserved to win that game. Duke would have deserved to win that game. We could have gone down and been fourth and six and tried for it and missed it, and it would have been fine. I would have been take, taken that and said, hey, we gave it a great effort, and I, I thought, you know, we hung in there despite some of the mistakes, and we we gave it to we gave it to one of the top programs in college football history, 
at our house in front of everybody's eyeballs. The the ending that we got was not deserved because it was so heartbreaking the way that we lost. And then also to add insult to injury, we literally, you know, our starting quarterback who did not have the best night and, and he had a lot of pressure. But again, there was moments where he stepped up both with his with his arm and with his leg. We have this moment where he goes down in front of the whole nation. And now yeah. we're talking about we have to think about the next six weeks potentially being right. without we, him. we should we should tell everybody if you haven't heard yet uh pete thamel of espn uh says that this is a high ankle sprain for riley leonard and uh that that probably means uh, I, most of the stuff says four to six weeks it can be potentially long high ankle sprains can be really bad uh six thamel weeks is says, the sweet spot six weeks or six weeks is normally the sweet spot but it yeah. depends on how you respond to it for some people depending on how bad it is and i don't know how like what grade there is they have varying grades sometimes they kind of go if you if you remember uh this happened to uh kevin durant in uh, a couple seasons ago and kevin durant they basically said hey you're not you're not doing anything with your with your leg for at least eight weeks like you're not moving you're not you're not you're going to be in a boot you're not even going to be walking for eight weeks and then we'll reevaluate this is where we'll probably get some clarity from uh, from Duke, at least some clarity. Um, I know they like to kind of keep those close to the chest. Yeah. But I, I honestly think you know a high ankle sprain is is something that can be serious to the point where he could be out for an extended period of time, and that means next man up. We had some injuries this time. Next man up for for whoever, uh, not just not just for quarterback, but all these guys. We had a couple of injuries last night, and we want to make sure that everybody is ready after this bye week to go against uh you know for the rest of the season yeah so it, it it's almost certainly gonna be henry beeline um or bellin i guess i can't uh, i i'm not good at pronouncing his name yet i will get it <laughs> i promise that uh he's gonna be the 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 new quarterback he he looked very good earlier this season um in the few times that we've gotten to see him but that was not against the level of competition that duke's gonna have coming up i think it's it's a very look never never a good time to have your quarterback get hurt. But if they're going to get hurt, coming into a bye week is a pretty good time to get everyone acclimated to the new signal caller. Duke does not have a game coming up this week. After that, we will we will play NC State. And uh, look, NC State's they're not great, but they're good. And, and it will be a challenge for Duke. But what I really worry about, and I think it's highly unlikely that we'll have Riley Leonard back in time for this, but after NC State, we're at Florida State and at Louisville. Louisville, by the way, is now ranked. They're ranked number and they're five and zero. Oh, yeah, and leading the ACC. Yeah, so those two games, Florida State and Louisville, two games on the road, really, really a tough, tall order for for the Blue Devils without Riley Leonard. That said, I I, I want to point out just two other things from this game before we wrap it up. One is, I I, I was tremendously impressed with how well we ran all over an elite Notre Dame defense in the second half. Like in the first half, we couldn't get anything going. In the second half, you know, Moore and Waters and Riley Leonard were just getting yards, sometimes in big chunks. And that's against a Notre Dame team that's loading up the box. And and like I said, it's one of the better defensive teams in the country. By the way, speaking of better defensive teams in the country, I think there's no question now, if there ever was any question. I think like a week ago, I said, oh, our defense is not quite as great as like UGA, but we're in the next tier. I'm I'm absolutely at this point. I'm not even sure we're in the next year. Our defense is elite, elite, elite. Notre Dame 
really struggled against. I mean, look, other than a 40-yard run on a fake punt and a terrible interception from Riley Leonard that led to some – Notre Dame did very little offensively, like very little offensively against this Duke. Team. I would say short of Mitchell Evans, their tight end, who had a career day against us. But again, it, was awesome. it took a career day from their tight end for us to you know, kind of be struggling a little bit because he, I mean, it felt like there's a couple ones where like he bounced the ball, like we had great defense and he was able to tip the ball to himself or like falling out of bounds or something, make a great play. And there was points for also in the final drive where somehow he, he was able to get open. Um, so yeah, other than him, I think in the second half, our defense was, was tremendous. And again, keeping us in the ball game. And look, we've talked about Sam Hartman. You mentioned it. The guy was completing 70% of his passes on the season. He goes 15 for 30 against Duke. I, yeah, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast that this Duke, our our defensive backfield is just ridiculous at how well they're able to cover guys and and just prevent quarterbacks from from getting easy completions. I thought it was it was absolutely outstanding by Duke. Um, and then one, one other little thing, I know you want to mention one other thing, but I, one little thing I do want to mention, you cannot overrate the fact that Duke was missing Graham Barton for this game at left tackle. Um mm-hmm. Graham Barton is a guy who is going to be drafted in the first, uh, at least at the moment, it looks like he's going to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft coming up. It doesn't happen often from a Duke player. He is clearly among the, I don't know, three, five or so best offensive linemen in all of college football. And we were missing him against Notre Dame. It showed Riley Leonard was pressured a pretty good bit. Duke had trouble opening up those, those lanes, especially in the first half. So yeah, the, the takeaway from this game, losing sucks. I hate it, especially like this where your heart is ripped out in the final minute. But Duke belongs, and Duke is going to be in more big games. This is not a one-off. Duke is going to be in more huge, huge games because this program has arrived. Thank you, Mike Elko. They, I mean, again, they acquitted themselves super well. They were in the position to – they had the lead with, what, 50 seconds left in the game. They still had a chance to win it at the very end until well, they had uh, the lead with 35 play. seconds left in the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. whenever, whenever estimate kind of ran into the end zone, but like yeah. they, they went to again, they went toe to toe with Notre Dame. A lot of teams don't do that. And a lot of teams in this type of moment with this type of pressure really wilt. And our guys did not, they may not, again, they may not have played their best game, but they did not wilt to the pressure that having college game day and having, you know, the game on ABC at, at night, will do to teams. So I really, I, I I was quite proud of the effort that they put through forth. And I think that adds to the hurt and the heartbreak that we didn't pull it off because I thought we were right there to do it. I did want to Sam or Jason, before we wrap it up, I did want to hat tip Sam Hartman uh, at the very end of the game. After this. the yeah. game, um, Riley Leonard's in the medical tent and Sam Hartman's being interviewed because he just won the game. And, you know, he kind of tells Holly Rowe, like, Hey, I'm sorry. I all, all I can think about is is trying to see if Riley's okay. I need to go check on him right now, and just you know promptly leaves the interview. Um, not in a bad way, but just like, hey, he literally stayed until Riley Leonard emerged from the tent several minutes later, just so he could congratulate him and say, hey, you know, great game, and we'll see you down the road again. They have had battles before. You know, last yes. year Sam Hartman yes. was at Wake Forest. Where last it felt like the last 37 years he's been at Wake Forest, but they had a, a shootout. Uh, between those two guys last year um, where we ended up winning uh, 34 31. And so they have, you know, of course they, they, they have a, at least a, a brotherhood in, in the quarterback sense and, you know, being former uh, ACC 
you know, uh, rivals, so to speak. I thought that was really cool for him in that moment where he, you know, was trying to get over the, the week before against Ohio State. He got his redemption on the national stage. And the thing that he does is wait to kind of congratulate a player who on our team who had fallen. So I, I think that's really cool. And I just want to show my respect to Sam Hartman for that. Amen. I completely agree with you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there's a little bit of basketball news out there. Tyrese, the leader. That story when we return. Hey there, Duke fans. You know, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer. Thanks to the menu of chef-created meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. That's right, Jason. And Jason, I can tell you, I just got some meals. They're fantastic. And the great thing is, like you said, two minutes. Mindless work. Pop it in the microwave. Do what you need to do. And it's ready to eat. No more cooking. No more cleaning pots and pans. And also, there's a lot of choices with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So you'll always have new flavors to explore. All right. So head to factormeals.com slash DukeBB50. Use that code DukeBB50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code DukeBB50 at factormeals.com. Get 50% off your first box 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy Factor Meals from the Duke Basketball Roundup. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're back from the break. And we want to very, very briefly talk about a little bit of news that came out about the Duke men's basketball team. This is, after all, the Duke basketball roundup. Uh, this news broke on on Friday, 
as Duke had uh, or their media day for the opening week of practice. And John Shire announced the team captains. We, of course, discussed this last week on the podcast. Donald and I made our picks, our projections, and uh, we were correct about two of them. There was no question it was going to be Jeremy Roach. There was no question it was going to be Ryan Young. And John Shire, by the way, said that Ryan Young is the biggest leader. Brian Young is the guy who steps up and talks the most in practice. And we were like, who's the third? Because Shire had, had tipped his hat that there were going to be three of them. Um, I think, I think... I was on Kyle Filipowski. I think you were on Jalen Blakes, right? Yeah, I think I, I said I would go with Jalen Blakes over Flip because he was the junior and, and all of that. But yes. Right. But we both mentioned that Proctor was a possibility. And I foolishly said, I don't know. I feel like he's not that vocal a guy. And boy, it turns out I'm completely wrong. Tyrese Proctor was named a captain. John Shire talked extensively about how much of a leader Tyrese Proctor has been literally since he came he, he went to australia a little bit over the summer but when he came back uh early in the summer from that moment on tyrese proctor apparently has been one of the most vocal guys in practice one of the real leaders on this team um uh, it doesn't sound like there was any controversy or any question about him being named a captain in fact the way that the captain process worked is the players voted and then they gave their votes to the coaches who then you know would either say okay yay or nay or whatever on that and and there was unanimity among the players and the coaches that Tyrese Proctor, Jeremy Roach, and Ryan Young would be captains. But Tyrese Proctor is obviously the the sort of most controversial part of that. Uh, to me, the really interesting thing is, and Donald, you know, we've brought this up a couple times on the podcast, but we haven't. We have. I feel like it's worth mentioning again. People forget that last summer Tyrese Proctor was not here. Mm -hmm. He was he was in Australia. He's playing with the national team, but he was not working with the Duke program. And I think there's a piece of me, I know, that always forgets that he had, in in that regard, he had a truncated freshman season. Even though, like, we saw him on the floor the whole year, there was a degree of his integration with the team, his adjustment to college basketball, to American basketball, all those kind of things that was shortened, that didn't happen the way it's supposed to happen for most guys. And so when you think about how great he was toward the end of the year, and then you couple that with this notion that he has been the really vocal leader of the team since getting, since, you know, since the beginning of summer this year, it really, uh, you got to think it sets Tyrese Proctor up to have a super special season. And he, you know, mentioned at the end of this past season that he wasn't going to do any of the international duty that he was doing with Australia. Obviously there was the FIBA world cup and Australia was like, Hey, you know, you can come play for us and and be at the be at the World Cup. And he said, "No, I want to stay on campus and help you know develop my team, you know, develop this team and and really get to know my teammates." I thought that was probably something that you know all the players were like, "Oh man, this dude turned down playing with professionals to you know kind of make sure that he wanted to you know exercise his vocalness and and become a leader with us." I think that's great. I also think you know some of the guys that we did mention, right? Just because Jalen Blakes is named the captain, just because Kyle Filipowski is not named the captain, doesn't mean that they won't show leadership during the year. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Jason and someone can check me on this. I'm pretty sure since he's been here, Jalen Blakes has won the like the summer weightlifting belt that yeah, that get, yeah. is given out every year, and that again is a testament to hey, I'm working hard, and and that exudes uh in other people, right? That that kind of example. I think you know when you look at it, it sounds like Tyrese is going to be the more vocal one the lead by example person is going to come from Jeremy Roach 
And Ryan Young's kind of the overall leader that can bring everything together and bring a whole team together. I think that's great that they have that balance. And so I'm really happy that when it's named, we know who they are. And, and also that these guys get a chance to show what that leadership can be in this team. Again, we will say, we'll say it many, many more times. This team has expectations. And so part of that is going to be leadership needs to be there from start to finish. And now that we know who our leaders are, we can go out and we can, you know, focus on the other goals that we have for this team. Yeah. And by the way, one other item from that, from that media day where they announced the captains, there are a number of players who uh, were interviewed by the media. I wanted to highlight one of the comments. TJ power was asked how the season was going to go. And he said, ready for these words, people. He said, we will be playing in April. I like that. I like that. That's I like a, the that's sound a smart of that kid. The smart kid. That's why he goes to Duke. Yeah. I don't know how much TJ actually knows about college, you know, about playing college basketball to know how difficult it is to be playing in April, but boy, I like his confidence. I like it a lot. We we have to have that confidence. That that's part of it, right? Confidence, leadership, you know, elite skill, talent, a little bit of luck mixed in there. It's a nice cocktail that everyone wants to drink at drink the final four in April. I'll get drunk on that one for sure. All right, that's going to wrap it up here. That is going to wrap it up here on the latest episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup. A uh, Donald, like you said, a bitter, bittersweet episode. We'll be back at you in just a few days. Uh, who knows what we're going to have? I don't know. We're, we we can't do an NC State preview for football because that's still a couple of weeks away. And uh, we'll figure it out, though. We're always here for you in your feed. This would be the time where people, if they want to, they can email us, dbrpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you guys have some questions for us. We can answer them midweek. Sounds like a plan to me. That's a great plan. We also may be trying to get a guest. By the way, you know, I sort of teased that we were going to get a guest. We were supposed to get a member of College Game Day. We were hoping that ESPN would be able to do that for us. They then went radio silent. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Midday Friday, I was like, are we getting somebody? We're getting someone? The number of the number of like guests that we were like, yeah, we're about to get this guest. And then they don't show up or something yeah, happens. Like, uh, and, yeah. It's it a difficult process, but it's a yeah. process. All right. For Donald. For the absent Sam, Sam's at a bachelor party. Sam is in no condition to do a podcast right now. <laughs> For me, Jason, here's the Duke band to play us out and take us home. So can you see this uh, thing on my eye? This cut? Yeah, you... Uh... What happened to the other guy? <laughs> I had a story. We were gonna uh, we were gonna tell everybody that I fought a bear because we were out in the woods. I was I was in the woods this morning with a bunch of guys on this retreat that I was on, and mm -hmm. there was this big old tree that had fallen across a river, and I climbed up on top of it because I wanted to. It wasn't a river; it was a creek. I wanted to. I went out to the middle of the the creek because I wanted to look at some of the fish that were in the water. I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is cool. This is great." you know thinking i'm still 45 and <laughs> in shape i um i get to the end uh of the of the tree and i now it's easier climbing up than getting down of course I jump i jump off my foot hits a root and i take a total header bam like face first wham right into the ground and that cut you see that's uh -huh. from like my, my glasses my glasses oh your glasses like snapped yeah, and and the 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 nose bridge thing went right into my forehead and and cut it right open. Oh, 
Yeah. Is that a yeah, stitchable no thing or is that just like a just like it's a, a boo boo? It's, it's kind of small. It's not that. I mean, it it looks worse than it is. I think. But I felt yeah. like an idiot. You know, I'm around all these guys who are like. I mean, it. You as, okay? as it was. As they would say in Tommy Boy, it doesn't feel like right here, like not here or here, but right here. <laughs> uh, but I felt like such an idiot doing it anyway. Yeah. But there were like six of us who were on this hike and like another 12 guys were were back at the cabin doing something different. And and everyone was like, just tell me you fought off a bear. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to say I fought off a bear. Jason, Jason, do you know, do you know what, like I've, I've encountered a bear before. And do you know what happens when you see somebody like me fighting a bear? What is your job? Do you know what your job is? To run away? <laughs> no, it's to help the bear. To help the bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, the, don't run. Fight. Or if it's a grizzly bear, then you just you just be fast. And here's the thing: the other going rate about being seeing a bear and a bear come after you, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the slowest person in your group. Yes. So so our guide, our, who we had a nature guide who was taking us on this hike, he said, if you see uh, if you see a bear, if it's black, fight um, back. Yeah, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. And if it's mm -hmm. white, you're already dead because it's been stalking you for an hour. Yep. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good. Black, mm -hmm. fight back. Brown, lie down. White, you're already dead. It don't matter. Don't worry dead. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Polar bears are, are ruthless. <laughs> polar bears. Polar bears coming for your ass. They're gonna mm -hmm. come for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, one of the really funny things on this retreat this this uh, weekend with the twenty with these twenty guys was that because I was like totally into the football game, it was like, oh, you went to Duke, oh, you know, and and by the way, like that e the Saturday evening, I was wearing a a Duke shirt, the Duke hat, and I mean, like I was dead uh -huh. out. Um. And everyone was like, oh, you went to Duke, huh? And, and one of the guys there who's a friend of mine was like, yeah, Jason has a podcast. And so everyone's talking to me and asking about it. I think I got five more subscribers or so, dude. All these people were like, yeah, I'll listen to your podcast. <laughs> it was pretty funny.